In case you hadn't figured it out already, the satanic Biden administration is waging war on Christians. The latest escalation in this war came on Friday morning when, according to LifeSite News, a SWAT team of 25 to 30 jackbooted FBI agents in 15 vehicles swarmed the home of Mark Houck and his wife and their seven children and raided the house with rifles drawn and pointed at the family. Mark's crime? He's a pro-life author and sidewalk counselor who gives his time to peacefully demonstrate outside of abortion mills and let women know that they don't need to kill their children. For this, the Biden administration decided to traumatize his family and arrest him at gunpoint. According to Mark's wife, quote, the kids were all just screaming. It was all just very scary and traumatic. As they attempted to drag her husband off and throw him into a police car, she asked to see a warrant, at which point she says, quote, they said that they were going to take him whether they had a warrant or not. Finally, they relented and showed her the first page of the warrant, which alleged that Mark had violated the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. Now, according to Mark's wife, this charge had already been considered and thrown out by a federal district court. But the Biden administration doesn't care about any of that. The Biden administration has been accelerating its attacks in recent months on conservatives and Christians and especially pro-life advocates. As the feds terrorized the Hawks and their children, Mark tried to keep everyone calm and simply requested that his wife bring him a sweatshirt and his rosaries. By the time she got back to hand them to him, the feds had already thrown him into one of their cars and hauled him off to jail. Lest anyone misunderstand and think that I am using the word satanic here hyperbolically or for mere rhetorical effect, I'm not. I'm using the word literally. Not only is the Biden administration doing satanic things such as slaughtering babies, castrating kids, and persecuting Christians, it also comprises actual overt Satanists who proudly wear pentagrams, actual satanic imagery, on their bodies. This is as explicitly evil as it gets. And I consider these FBI agents personally morally culpable for this. I know that there are good people who work for the FBI and who do good work. So I constantly seek to distinguish between the corrupt political leadership at the FBI and the DOJ and the agents who are just following orders. This is different. This is a direct participation in clear evil. These FBI agents, the guys on the ground, should not have followed this order. They should have sooner resigned before they followed this evil order. They should feel deep shame for what they did, the agents. They should beg forgiveness of the Hauk family and of God, and they should resign their posts immediately. This is no mere quibble between the political left and right. As Ronald Reagan observed, ultimately, there is no such thing as left or right, only up or down. And as Joe Biden has consistently said, we are in a battle for the soul of America. And in that battle, there can be no neutral ground. It is clear as day which side the Biden administration has picked. Those who continue to support and follow these kinds of evil orders have picked a side too. And now we all face an unavoidable question. 
Which side are you on? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment on Friday is from Ralph Cole, who says, Michael, now that Ben is transitioning into a beard boy, are you considering doing the right thing as well? Thanks. Love the show. I am not. Ben is transitioning into a beard boy because we've sold all the Jeremy's razors. This is the problem. We have all these Jeremy's razors. We thought there's no way we can sell this many tens of thousands of Jeremy's razors. Well, we have. They're very, very popular because people don't want to shop from companies like Harry's that hate all of us. So we've sold all the razors. Now there are no razors left for Ben. Fortunately, I still have some of my Jeremy's razors so I can continue to shave and look nice and cleanly shaven. Uh, But Ben, uh, no, he's going to end up looking like a vagabond. And that's just going to persist until we can manufacture more of those beautiful, beautiful blades. You know, when, when I think about the, the sort of metals that I want to not only manufacture, but that I want to invest in, that I want to keep near me, top of the list, even before the razors, birch gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. With the consumer price index increasing yet again, the stock market has been in absolute turmoil. What is the current administration doing to quell this surge of inflation? Spending more taxpayer dollars. Do not bury your head in the sand while your savings deplete. Diversify into gold with Birch Gold today. Text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. The experts over at Birch Gold have almost 20 years of experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, why have you not checked them out yet? Gold has always been your best hedge against inflation. A diversified savings can protect you from downturns in the market. Head on over right now and text Knowles, Canada W-L-E-S, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax-free. Take the necessary steps to hedge against inflation today Protect your hard-earned money. Get your free info kit by texting Knowles, Canada W-L-E-S, to 989898. I think it's good that conservatives generally try to distinguish between, you know, the corrupt FBI political officials and the good FBI agents. I know FBI agents. There are lots of great FBI agents who have done a lot of good work. At a certain point, though, you can't just say, well, I was following orders. Well, I was following orders. Yeah, I I showed up with guns drawn and terrorized this pro-life author's family because he had the audacity to peacefully, gently suggest that we shouldn't slaughter babies. I was just following orders. No, you, you were following orders, but you made a moral decision here. And I hold these agents personally responsible, and they should come out, and they should apologize, and they should quit their jobs. But, but uh, you know, they're close to retirement. I don't care. I don't care. You know, you know what, what, is it, what does it profit a man to gain his, more of his pension but to lose his soul? That's what these agents are doing. These agents who follow these evil orders are giving up their souls. They're, they're making a deal with the devil, and it's not worth it. And, and the FBI agents know it, too. There, there was a great interview, I'd encourage you to check it out, between an FBI whistleblower and Dan Bongino. The FBI whistleblower, who's, who's talking about what these agents are saying, on the ground, usually not to the press. He says, the number of guys who say, I don't agree with what's going on here, but I've got three years to retire. It's heartbreaking. If anybody refuses to get with the program, it, it's going to, it's brutal, you know, okay. And, he, and this agent actually is saying many of the same things that we're all talking about here. 
saying, I'm just following orders, the Nuremberg piece, it doesn't fly, we know better. We're supposed to know that if they ask you to do something that's illegal, immoral, or unethical, following orders is not an excuse. That's when you become part of political hatchet jobs. I didn't sign up for that. Nobody I know signed up for that either. That is not what people want to get involved in. And he says there's more people than you think who are coming forward And there are many who have already left the bureau. And yes, it's true. People want to get their pensions. I get it. This stuff is just so freaking evil. Could you imagine that? Could you you sign up, you join the FBI, you want to be the good guys, you want to punish the bad guys. And then what ends up happening? You you bust into some poor pro-life author's home, terrorize his wife and seven kids, guns drawn, because he has the audacity to say, don't don't kill kids. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't not, we should not kill all these kids. That's, that's what you're fighting for. That's what you're holding that gun for, is to, not to point the gun at the bad guys, it's to point the gun at the pro-life authors and their seven kids. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Speaking of attacks on children and distrust of our political leaders, did you catch this ad that New York Presbyterian Hospital put out? This, this ad, on the one hand, on the one hand, it, it gave me the, the slight satisfaction that we were entirely right. It gave me the satisfaction of I told you so. It gave me the satisfaction of I'm Nostradamus and I predict the future. But it irritated me so much because of the gaslighting campaign going on from the libs right now, specifically with regard to myocarditis. Take a listen. I've been into fashion since I can remember. But one day I had a stomach ache so bad I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen something called myocarditis but doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat they saved me so now i can become the next great fashion designer maybe my memory is a little foggy i don't remember ever seeing an advertisement uh, for treating myocarditis in children before have you ever seen that Did you ever hear about that, an epidemic of myocarditis, the swelling of the heart in kids? I don't remember that. In fact, the first time I even heard that word was when I heard it mentioned as a side effect of the COVID vaccine. And at the time, some people were reporting on this side effect where especially in young people, their hearts would get really enlarged if they took the COVID vaccine. And at the time, it was reported as a rare side effect. Well, initially they tried to deny it, but then the libs had to admit it. Even the CDC admits that, uh, yes, myocarditis, the swelling of the heart, is a side effect of the COVID vaccines, the mRNA ones specifically in young people, but it's a really rare side effect. It's so rare that New York Presbyterian Hospital is airing very highly produced expensive advertisements selling treatment for this rare side effect in kids. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Would you, would you spend a lot of money producing and airing a commercial to sell a treatment for something that barely ever happened? I don't think I would. I don't think I would do that. We were totally right. We were totally right, the conservatives, when we said, hey, COVID's not that bad for kids, generally speaking. Hey, there seem to be some side effects for these vaccines. Hey, people have actually, some people have actually died from the vaccines. Hey, if you're not at a great risk from the virus, then probably it doesn't make a ton of sense to take this new experimental drug. Hey, when we said that, we were all censored. We were ostracized. We were called science deniers. We were called killers. When we said there might be any side effects at all, and specifically for young people. And then what happened? They admit that we're right. 
They, they implicitly admit that, that we're right, but at the same time, they continue to censor us for saying the same thing, the same things that they do. They say the things, they say, look, yeah, this might cause myocarditis, you know, okay, and here's some treatment for it. Okay, that's wonderful. We've got these treatments. Thank you, New York Presbyterian. Now I'm going to go be the best, best that I can be. But then the minute the conservatives say the same thing, hey, this thing is causing myocarditis in kids, what they say, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. You need to be kicked off of the internet. There is some good news on the censorship front. There is some pushback now on the censorship front. So there's a Texas law that prohibits large social media companies from banning users' posts based on their political viewpoint. Uh, This uh, law was blocked by a court, and now a federal appeals court has lifted the block that was placed on the statute. This is known as House Bill 20. It was passed last year. It argued that internet companies have a First Amendment right to curate uh, their content. Oh, so I'm sorry. The law said that the the internet companies do not have a First Amendment right to curate their content. The companies then came back and said, no, we do. The First Amendment applies to us, and we ought to be able to decide what goes on our platforms. Uh, So the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals says, today we reject the idea that corporations have a freewheeling First Amendment right to censor what people say. Of course. Of course you have to. Because If the corporations have the right to censor what is in the public square, then we lose our political power because we, the people in self-government, have to be able to speak and debate issues in the public square. And I don't care if if it's the government censoring me. I don't care if it's the corporations and the oligarchy that owns the public square that's censoring me. If I'm being censored and I can't say what I want to say in the public square, then it's exactly the same thing. And this is a a major shift that conservatives have realized because 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would be shilling for the very corporations that are taking away our political rights right now. We'd say, well, you know, if you don't, if you don't want to be censored, then build your own Google. No, I don't think so. I think I'm going to pass a law and I'm going to wield the state to stop Google from destroying my political rights and traditions. But, but the free marketplace of ideas. Yeah, no, that's not, it's not a free marketplace. And actually even in, Right now, the the way that big tech operates is not in a free marketplace at all. There are three big platforms that have gained their market dominance largely through fraud and by exploiting legal loopholes. But even beyond that, even if it were a free marketplace of ideas, someone has to set the rules of a marketplace. That's true in a little bazaar. That's true in a shopping mall. And that's true on the internet as well. And we have the right to do that. And now we're going to do that. And great, great on the appeals court for, for acknowledging this. Now, what's bizarre in this world of left-wing censorship is that what is not censored, what is not banned, becomes mandatory. There's a clip that's resurfaced of the uh, Senate candidate, the Democrat Senate nominee in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, who was dressed up in a bizarre rainbow cape and hat looking, well, pretty much as weird as he always does, but in a slightly different way. John Fetterman was interviewed last year by some LGBT LMNOP activist on whether or not he believes that LGBT education, grooming, should be mandatory in schools. Here's what he says. Now, with the, uh, especially education, which is what our focus here at Power Rainbows is, uh, would you support the Department of Education making it mandatory in all schools for LGBTQ education? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last part of that. Would you make it, uh, would you be, be supportive of legislation that makes it mandatory for LGBTQ education in our schools, for history, literature, science, and so on? I, I, I'm for as many perspectives and, and letting everybody 
be included in because we're all part of America and we all have history and that should be a part of, uh, of American history because you are a part of America in these communities, you know, so. So he's trying to avoid giving a direct answer to the question, but, but in trying to avoid it, he does give a direct answer. He's saying, I want everything to be included, everything including apparently LGBT education. I don't know what LGBT education is, by the way. What does he mean? Do you think LGBT education should be mandatory in schools? What, teaching them how to do this stuff? Teaching them what, <laughs> what, what is LGBT, LGBT education? Sounds like grooming to me. I know that word is being bandied about a lot, but if you're, if you're teaching someone the ins and outs, as it were, of LGBT, then isn't that grooming? Isn't that what the conservatives are accusing the libs of doing? The libs are basically admitting it right there. And of course, John Fetterman doesn't want every perspective included. He doesn't think the Bible should be taught in schools. The, most, the, the, the fundamental text of Western civilization, I promise you, John Fetterman doesn't think that should be taught in schools. But genderqueer by Maya Kababi should be. LGBT pornography, like genderqueer, I guess that should be taught in schools. That should be mandatory. The Bible, that's got to be banned. Speaking of LGBT activism, by the way, the most delightful, hilarious clip of the weekend comes by way of the LGBT community and LGBT issues, which is <laughs> Joe Biden apparently blaming Elton John for AIDS. By the way, it's all his fault that we're spending $6 billion in taxpayer money this month to help AIDS fight HIV AIDS. <laughs> you can see Elton John there. He's like, is, what is this man... Is he blaming me for AIDS and then blaming me for spending taxpayer money on AIDS? And then, and Biden finally finishes. Elton John's looking so puzzled. And then Elton John goes, oh, he has no idea what he's saying. I'll just smile. And he kind of gives a little smile and gives, gives some applause. I assume what Joe Biden is trying to insinuate here is that Elton John lobbied for this government spending on AIDS. But the way it comes out is not, that's not how it sounds. It's, we got to blame this guy. This guy, you know, this guy, come on, Jack. You know, this guy, him and Corn Pop went down to a few too many bathhouses. Now we got to spend a gazillion dollars of your money on AIDS. Come on, give a round of applause for Elton John. It's like, what? What the heck, man? That's, 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 that's as homophobic as it possibly gets. Usually, however, LGBT activism is not quite so funny. That was a very funny clip. Usually it's not quite so funny. There's a British girl who has gone viral for describing an experience that she had in the gender neutral changing room, which she says she supports, by the way, because she's so politically correct and liberal and open-minded and tolerant. But despite all the wonderful promises about how gender neutral bathrooms are going to lead to greater equality and flourishing for everybody, that's not what happened. So I was just in Primark um, in Cambridge. And... Um, I feel really stupid being emotional about this, but um, yeah, I was trying on some clothes and it was a unisex changing room, which I'm really for and I love that because, you know, it makes everyone feel included. But twice, um, two men walked, opened the curtain, walked in on me. Um, luckily, both times I had, I was wearing fully clothed, but I could easily not have been. Um, and I, yeah, it was two different people, um, clearly from the same group. 
and there was many like uh, probably like a hundred changing rooms available um so it's not like you know it was like always oh, someone in here or not it was you know clearly um yeah i just want to say to people please be careful um and if you go in the changing room try not go on your own um i will never be doing that again i would rather take it home try it on and then take it back and get refunded this woman is never going to try on clothing in a store again because why why can't this woman do a really basic thing involved in shopping for clothing because men are now allowed to get naked in the same rooms as women. And the, the only men who are doing this, by the way, are mentally ill men who think that they're women and who have bizarre sexual fetishes and desires. And it turns out that those mentally ill men with bizarre sexual fetishes and desires sometimes behave sexually inappropriately and pull the curtain open on women as they change. Who could have guessed? Wow. Stop the presses. We got a man bites dog story here, folks. No, we don't. Of course this happened. And why are we even in the, the position in society where this can take place, where this woman could be victimized in this way? Because we've indulged all those completely insane premises. And why have we indulged those insane premises? Because we were told by the, the liberal brainiacs that actually men and women aren't different and even though they seem different in every way, even though, not, not in every way, there are similarities between men and women, but even though by all of our senses, we can tell that there do exist differences between men and women, and those differences are significant, we have to deny that reality. We have to ignore reality because of their egghead pie-in-the-sky ideology, their, their wonderful utopian idea that men and women are exactly the same. And if the reality doesn't match the theory, it doesn't mean that the theory is wrong. It means that we have to deny reality. And so now we can't go shopping anymore. We can't go shopping. Can't use the bathroom. We can't, we can't, you can't send your daughter into a changing room at the public pool because you know there's very possibly going to be some creepy dude in there with some bizarre sexual hangups waiting to prey on them. So what do we do? Do we change the, the rules? Do we tell the liberal eggheads that they were wrong? Do we tell the men to stop putting dresses on and to start dressing like men and to start behaving? No, no. We just allow society to crumble and we lose all of our nice privileges that we all enjoyed and our nice way of life. And we lose that because of a theory that's preposterous. I mean, I'm beginning to think we do, we need gender clinics. You know, on the right, we've been, we've been now saying that we need to get rid of all these gender clinics, certainly the pediatric gender clinics, but the adult gender clinics too, you know, where a man goes in and he, he gets a doctor to chop him up and make him look more like a woman. I think we need gender clinics. We need, we need many more gender clinics in America. Here are the gender clinics. If you're a woman, the gender clinic is, they already exist, but we need more. It's called the beauty salon. And for the man, what is the gender clinic? The gender clinic, I don't know, it's a cigar bar, it's a gymnasium, it's, I don't know, it's, these things already exist. If a woman goes in to the doctor and says, doc, I feel like a man. I think I might be a man, you know, and I want to dress like a man and cut off my hair really short like a man and even chop up my body. The man is going to say, or the doctor is going to say, okay, ma'am, I'm prescribing you one trip to the female gender clinic and uh, I, I'm going to prescribe you a mani-pedi and a nice hairdo and a little bit of makeup. And then you're going to go there and you're going to look more like a woman and, f and probably feel more like a woman. And you are going to do your duty and your responsibility, if you're a woman, to behave like a woman. And if you're a man, to behave like a man. That's the gender clinic. I want, a, I want a federal law. Congress, get on it. Speaking of 
reactions against this kind of crazy, crazy stuff. The, uh, the, the greatest news right now in international politics is coming out of Italy. And that would be the Italian elections last night. The Italians have elected a conservative government led by a woman named Georgia Maloney. How do you know that Georgia Maloney is great? You know Georgia Maloney is great because the Atlantic is calling her a fascist. You know that Georgia Maloney is totally spot on the money because the libs are losing their minds and they're doing what they do anytime anybody to the right of Hillary Clinton gets elected anywhere. They're saying, this is uh, horrific, it's Nazi, it's fascist, it's racist, it's this is, it's thatist, it's undemocratic. Yes, that's right. More people voted for this lady than voted for the other people, but, and that's why it's undemocratic. Because the people voted for her. Well, so what has she said that's so fascist and Nazi and racist and terrible? Here, here's what she said. I will translate for you a beautiful little speech from Georgia Maloney. This is what we're doing today. Why is the family in Why is the family causing so much fear? It's a single answer to this Because it defines us because it's our identity. Because everything that defines us is now an enemy. For those who don't want us to have an identity anymore and to be perfect consumer slaves. So they attack national identity. They attack religious identity. They attack general gender identity. They attack family identity. I'm not allowed to define myself as Italian, Christian, woman, mother. I've got to be citizen X, gender X, parent one, parent two. I've got to be a number. Because when I'm only a number, I don't have an identity. I don't have roots. I'll be the perfect slave at, at the mercy of financial speculators, the perfect consumer. Spot on the freaking money. Spot on the money. And she goes on later in that speech. I, I can't believe I've, there's an Italian politician quoting this man. She goes on to quote G.K. Chesterton, the great British conservative, a hero to American conservatives, a hero to Christians, a hero to Christian conservatives especially. She goes on to say, no, we're going to defend our families. We're going to defend our way of life. We're going to defend our countries against the predations of the Davos set, the great resetters, the, the people who want to erase our borders, erase our identity, erase our culture, erase all the things that we hold dear and, and make us all live in this clinical, generic, sexless, nationless, familyless dystopia where we're all living in, bo- in pods and eating bugs. We're not going to do that. Okay, you know, uh, the conservative who's in a coalition government with this lady, because you know, the way, the way politics works in Italy, it's not like there's just two parties and one wins and one loses. There are lots and lots of different parties. And so this government that's going to be led by Georgia Maloney has got other conservative parties in it. One of the leaders of one of those conservative parties, the Lega Party, is this guy, Matteo Salvini, who I love. He's just like a big, happy Italian guy. And he'll tweet out pictures of spaghetti, bowls of spaghetti. I've actually seen this pop up in my Twitter feed. And I love that he does that. This is the kind of appeal that people want to see in politics and that people ought to make in politics. I don't want my politicians to give me some stupid egghead spreadsheet, five-point plan of some utopian abstract technocrat nonsense. I want politicians to realize that what do I really, what do I really want from my politicians, I want them to protect my bowl of spaghetti. I want them to protect my way of life, my traditions, my culture, my family, and my community. Okay, and I don't want some pie in the sky 
plan on how we're going to upend everything and innovate everything and get rid of borders and we're all going to sing kumbaya as citizens of the world. No, protect my spaghetti, protect my family. This woman, Georgia Maloney, she says, we've got a simple mandate here. Okay, we are, we are running for God, for family, and for country. Okay, those are the important things to us. Not for Davos, not for global warming, not, not for socialism, not for any of this crap. Okay, we're running for God, for family, and for country. Beautiful. I want, you know, I say I don't make endorsements in the primary elections in America. As of right now, before we've got any declared candidates, for president of the United States in 2024. Georgia Maloney has my support right now. If we can figure out a way to make Georgia Maloney a citizen of America and to amend the constitution so that you don't need to be a natural born citizen, I am so inclined to support this woman for president. Whoever the Republican nominee is in 2024, I want you to read her speeches verbatim, okay? She's great. If you look on Wikipedia right now, Wikipedia says that she's a far right hard right candidate. And why? I don't have the text in front of me, but you can go look it up on your own. I've, I've, roughly what it says is because she, she opposes abortion. She opposes euthanasia, that is assisted suicide. She supports national borders. She opposes illegal immigration. And, and she opposes same-sex marriage. I kid you not, that's one of the main issues that Wikipedia cites as to why this woman is far right hard right, insinuating that she's a fascist. Because this woman holds the view of marriage that Barack Obama held in 2011. That's now considered hard right, far right. The view of marriage that every single person on planet earth held for all of human history until roughly 2015. The view of marriage that Barack Obama, one of our most left-wing presidents that we've ever had, held as recently as 11 years ago. Now, if you hold that position, you are considered hard right, far right, fascist, Nazi. And so those words mean nothing. Nazi doesn't mean Nazi when the libs use it. Fascist doesn't mean fascist when the libs use it. In fact, when I see those words hurled at conservative politicians by the dishonest left-wing media, I just assume it's a great politician. Because I know the one thing I know for sure is when the libs call you a Nazi or a fascist, you're, you're for sure not a Nazi or a fascist. So what is it? It just means that you have any kind of inkling toward a serious type of conservatism. Not the squishy, lame, fake, Liz Cheney kind of conservatism. You know, just maybe cut taxes and bomb the Middle East kind of conservatism. No, no, no. Deep conservatism. Support my family, support my country, support my traditions, support national borders. Real conservatism. You know, in a world of Liz Cheney's, be a Georgia Maloney. So now what, what are the libs going to do about it? because they don't like that this lady just got elected in Italy, what are they going to do? They see this as part of a broader trend in the world. A right-wing government being elected in Poland, a right-wing government being elected in Hungary, a right-wing government being elected in America with Donald Trump, although they figured out how to get rid of him, at least for the time being. So what are they going to do about this? Well, the president of the European Commission says they've got backup plans. We'll see. If things uh, go in a difficult direction, I've spoken about Hungary and Poland, we have tools. If things go in the right direction and people as a body that is always, um, where always governments have to be accountable to play an important role. We've got tools. 
We in Brussels, we in the European Commission, we in the EU, we, we have tools to deal with it. If those Italians get a little too rowdy, you know, and they elect someone that we don't like. Because you see what the election of Georgia Maloney represents is an attack on democracy. This is what they, this is what they all say. When those Hungarians elected Viktor Orban, that's an attack on democracy. When those Poles elected a right-wing government, that's an attack on democracy. Okay, that can't be an attack on democracy. (laughs) By definition, people electing someone and then that person taking power is a triumph of democracy. But when the libs talk about democracy, they're not talking about democracy. They're talking about liberalism. And I know some people on the right want to make all these distinctions. Well, it's not really liberalism. We're the true liberals and they're the real, whatever. Okay, liberalism, progressivism, leftism, whatever you want to call it. I I just call them the libs generally. I think that's simple. It it gets the message across. But, But what they mean is their preferred ideology. They would support the imposition of their preferred liberal ideology, even if 99% of the people voted against it. They would say that if 99% of the people voted for a conservative government, and then they imposed liberalism on those people who don't want it, that still that would be a triumph of democracy. Because they, so they don't really mean democracy, right? They mean liberalism, which they're going to impose top down, even against the will of the people. Which brings up a great point that the conservative uh, law professor at Harvard, Adrian Vermeule, continues to make, which is that liberalism is not so open and tolerant, and liberalism doesn't doesn't necessarily and doesn't even usually reflect the will of the people. Liberalism is coercive. Very often, you'll see sometimes squishy American conservatives say this too. They say, look, we don't love liberalism, but if you get rid of liberalism, Gosh, if you have an illiberal authoritarian government, why that would be coercive. Would it be as coercive as liberalism? I doubt that. Liberalism is coercive. The majority of people don't want open borders. The, The majority of Americans, forget Italy for a second, the majority of Americans want to drastically reduce all immigration, legal and illegal. That according to a Harvard Harris poll. And yet it never happens. Why? Liberalism won't allow it. The majority of Americans are considerably pro-life, and yet we've got one of the most radical pro-abortion regimes in the world, much more radical than pretty much anyone other than China, North Korea, and Canada. Why? Why is that? Why, Why is the will of the American people not being reflected in abortion policy? Because liberalism won't let that happen. When, when, marriage was radically redefined by the Supreme Court. The vast majority of Americans opposed that definition of marriage. They supported the traditional definition of marriage, which we had everywhere. It was that the new definition of marriage, the same sex marriage, quote unquote, was imposed by five lawyers on the Supreme Court, really by Anthony Kennedy trying his hand at romantic poetry in the Obergefell decision. That's not reflecting the will of the people. That's a radical coercion and imposition from liberalism. It's why, it's why I don't use the, that talk that kind of harangues against illiberalism or authoritarianism. I just, I don't even think the words really mean very much at all. Yes, political movements very often are driven by minorities. That's true virtually everywhere. And political movements are intrinsically coercive. And liberalism, as far as I can tell, is pretty much as coercive as it gets. You know, sometimes it feels as though the, the left is coming at us from every angle. And we are just one mean tweet away from being canceled for good. 
Take heart, everybody. Free speech is alive and well here at The Daily Wire because when I and my cohorts hold our all-access lives behind the paywall, no one can stop us. I'm extremely excited to let you know that Jordan Peterson, who's recently come into our fold, will be hosting his very first all-access live tomorrow, September 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern. That is right, a Q&A with the great public intellectual, Jordan Peterson. Jordan's All Access is exclusively for Daily Wire Plus All Access members. So if you are not a member yet, go to dailywire.com slash Knowles to subscribe today. The liberal stuff is not popular. And it's not just that it's not popular in the red states and in the conservative parts of the country and countries. It's not popular frequently even in the liberal places. Nancy Pelosi was just booed at a music festival in New York City. This is the Global Citizen Festival in New York City. You would imagine that these people are overwhelmingly libs. And then there's Nancy Pelosi up there speaking, and she's getting booed. And it's funny, you hear that one guy in the back goes, why is everybody booing? I don't know, the clip that's gone viral actually doesn't give a ton of context into specifically what Nancy Pelosi is talking about. But here's why she might be being booed. Because everything that the Democrats have touched has turned to ash. The economy, foreign policy, education, immigration, and everything in the middle. It's all falling apart. This is why the Democrats are underwater on every single public policy issue. This is why the Democrats are running way, way behind when you look at the polls for the midterm elections. So I'm, frankly, I'm not really surprised that Nancy Pelosi is getting booed in New York City. New Yorkers, especially the ones that are kind of, you know, in the, the rich parts of town who go to all the fancy liberal soirees, they can be taken with liberal flights of fancy, but they, they don't like getting mugged. They don't like dirty streets. They don't like bums and criminals running around everywhere. They don't like when the economy's tanking. They don't like stupid foreign policy that's causing huge disruptions to the energy industry and to the stock market and to, and to everything. They don't like bad government, okay? And so how are the Democrats going to win in this kind of an environment? The only thing they can do is threaten violence. This is, this is why, to get back to the very top of the show, this is why Joe Biden is sicking his thugs, his jackbooted thugs, on ordinary, nice, polite, pro-life activists. This is why Joe Biden is hiring 87,000 IRS agents and giving some of them guns to go after you. This is why Joe Biden is letting his criminals off the hook, the BLM criminals and the Antifa criminals. He's letting them off the hook. He's encouraging them to terrorize you and why he is throwing you in prison. It's why he's taking the, the, the Midwestern grandmothers who show up to the Capitol Rotunda and get a little excitable on January 6th. He's throwing them in solitary confinement but he's letting the BLM thugs who kill people off the hook. Because the only way that an unpopular liberal agenda can maintain its political power is through coercion and through force and through the threat of violence, and sometimes explicitly through violence. There, there's a story that is not being covered anywhere in the mainstream media. It's only being covered on, on some conservative outlets. This would be the story of a 40-something-year-old liberal who just murdered an 18-year-old conservative for being a conservative. So they got into some political disagreement at a bar, and then this older liberal guy runs over the conservative kid. 
just for being a Republican. And he said, he's a Republican extremist. That's why I did it. Using the same kind of language that Joe Biden is using when he calls the rest of us semi-fascists and extreme threats to our democracy. And then, then the cherry on top of this truly hideous sort of political Sunday, this situation that we find ourselves in, is that this man, Shannon Brandt, the murderer, comes out and he complains that now he might have to sit in jail for a long time. I don't understand the differences. 41-year-old Shannon Brandt had a tough time understanding the charges against him, vehicular homicide, and leaving the scene of a deadly accident. A judge ordered Brandt held on $50,000 cash, which he objected, saying he's not a flight risk. a job and a, and a, a life and a house and things that I don't exactly want to see, you know, go by the wayside. Family that are very important to me. He's got a family. He's got a job. He's got a house. He doesn't want to see that go by the wayside. By the way, he's not even, he's not even being held without bond. It's not even that the judge is saying, look, you murdered a kid because he was conservative. It was a complete political motivation. And so I'm just going to hold you in jail until your trial. It wasn't that. He said, okay, I'm going to let you out of jail. $50,000 bond. It's not even that high. Considering the crime, it's not even that high. And he says, what? I got to come up with 50 G's? Come on, man. I got to get back to work. That's not how it's supposed to work in this country. I'm a Democrat. I'm supposed to be able to do whatever I want. That's what the George Floyd people did. That's what all the BLM riders, they went out and they killed people and they burned buildings down and they attacked federal courthouses and they robbed and they looted. They didn't get in trouble. Why am I getting in trouble? Yeah, if I were a Republican, I could see why I'd be held in jail. I'd be held in solitary confinement for months. But I'm not. I'm a Democrat. You're going to make me pony up 50 G's? It's amazing. I'm I'm positive some left-wing group will bail him out. If they haven't bailed him out already, they probably have. That's what the the shock is the most offensive part. Because he knows, this guy, Shannon Brandt, knows what we all know, which is that the Democrats have different rules and that the Democrats are permitted to commit political violence. And that the Democrats are encouraged to commit political violence. And that Maxine Waters, Eric Holder, and Hillary Clinton, and all the rest of them, and to say nothing of the pundits, are saying, yeah, go out there. Don't be civil with Republicans. Get up in their face. Push back on them. Go to their homes where their children sleep. And then what happens? A liberal from California goes to Brett Kavanaugh's house and tries to murder the Kavanaugh family. Certainly at least to assassinate Justice Kavanaugh. That's what happens. Why? Because, why was he even allowed to get close to the guy's house? Well, because the, the libs had been permitted to illegally protest outside of the justices' houses. No consequences whatsoever. With the, with the encouragement of the White House, actually. They said, well, we, we have no position on where people protest. Wink, wink. Maybe you shouldn't overrule Roe v. Wade, guys, because we're going to send our thugs to go threaten you and maybe kill you. That's what you get. Speaking of attacks, about four, five years ago, there were a spate of attacks on conservatives at college campuses. And I know this very well because I was the subject of of one of those attacks, but it wasn't just me. I was attacked uh, by some Looney Tune with a super soaker full of who knows what kind of liquids at uh, University of Missouri, Kansas City. But you saw attempted attacks on Ben, you know, on on Ben Shapiro at different schools. You saw attacks on Ann Coulter. You saw attacks on people all around the... uh, there, there were so many, um, uh, the names even escaped me at this point. There was one on, I think Charles Murray, they went after him. 
Uh, Andy No, obviously. Anyway, there are lots and lots of attacks. And then it kind of calmed down for a little bit. I think the libs figured out that attacking people at the college campuses had diminishing marginal returns. So they stopped doing it. Now I guess it's back because Tommy Lauren was just attacked at a University of New Mexico event. The school said that protesters vandalized university property, unlawfully pulled a firearm. They were so threatening and violent that I don't think Tommy even appeared for the event. Take a listen. Pulling, people trying to keep the door closed because this screaming mob outside. You got cops and people in plain clothes trying to keep the doors closed. These left-wing maniacs. F. Tommy Lauren, F. Tommy Lauren. Can't tell if that's even Tommy speaking. Certainly the event was disrupted, this TPUSA event. And the reason I mention it is because it's Tommy Lauren. Tommy Lauren is pretty liberal. (laughs) Tommy Lauren would go on TV and defend abortion and say that pro-lifers are hypocrites. Because, because conservatives are supposed to be for small government. And that means that we should be able to kill babies too. I mean, she would say these sorts of things. I don't say it to make fun of Tommy, but just to point out, Tommy is not the most right-wing person out there. If any, Tommy's sort of, I don't know, I'd call her probably center left. At the very most, she's center right. And the libs are doing this to her. She's too right-wing for them. She, this essentially pro-abortion advocate, I don't know her position on same-sex marriage. I assume she's pretty liberal on that. I just, she's not, when, when we talk about the social conservative issues, which is to say actual conservatism, you know, not just cutting taxes, but like actual, you believe that you want to conserve something about the political tradition and about society. This woman's at most centrist and they go after her just like they go after everybody. This is, they're going to call, they call Tommy a fascist. They call Tommy a neo-Nazi. They call all of us these names, okay? And it's why it means absolutely nothing. You are about to hear in Italy, especially coming out of Italy, you're about to hear that this is the return of Mussolini. This is the return of Hitler. This is, forget about Mussolini, it's Hitler. It's, it's Hitler, it's mega Hitler. It's, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Get ready, they're gonna, she's gonna invade Czechoslovakia or something like that, okay? And it's all just completely nonsense. It's all completely made up, okay? And They're going to ramp up those attacks, not just on Italian politicians and not just on Tommy Lauren. They're going to ramp them up on you. They're going to ramp them up on quiet pro-life activists. They're going to ramp them up on people who just want to follow their faith and follow their culture and their traditions and preserve their family. They're going to attack you. That's why they're beefing up the IRS. That's why they're sicking their, their, their dogs, their absolute jackbooted thugs, and having them raid the political opposition's home at Mar-a-Lago and having them raid the pro-lifer's house and terrorize their kids. Okay. And, and it's, it's getting much more intense. We're only in 2022. Okay. We're not even in 2024. Things are heating up very, very quickly. You want to make sure that you don't get caught in a position where you say, well, I was just going along to get along. Well, I was just following orders. There is no neutrality when we're talking about issues of stark good and evil. Pick a side. You know, it's Music Monday and the producers, they want to mix it up a little bit. Okay. So they, they've given me a song that they say is very, very wholesome, very, very good. It's not WAP. It's not Lizzo, even though I kind of like that Lizzo song. It's not, it's really, really good 
nice, wholesome, good American content. So we'll see. It might be a little too wholesome for me. We'll give a little bit of a read. The the rest of the show is continuing now. You don't want to miss it. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us. We'll see you at the member block.